Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we'll jump right in. Um, super excited for my guest today. Grinded in indie ball for a few years before Oakland uh, signed into a minor league deal. Now you're absolutely just crushing it in Vegas. Uh, one step away from the minors. Uh, Jared uh, Koenig, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good. Um, you know, just doing what I can to try and live the dream and have a good time. Yeah, and I mentioned you're almost uh, in the majors. I mean, you're in minor leagues now. You're the first guy I've had on the podcast who's played in Las Vegas. Um, obviously, the stadium is beautiful. It's newer stadium, right? It's pretty new, I think. Um, yeah, it, uh, I think it's 2019 was our was the first season here. So, how is it? Like, what is the environment playing in, in Vegas? Like, obviously, we know like the Vegas scene, but like the, the ballpark side of it. How is that? Uh, the ballpark is amazing. I mean, the, the ownership group that when they designed it, they they thought of everything and they they put they put their money where their mouth is to try and be a top top ballpark in the minor leagues and i think they are the best i think it is the best ballpark in all of minor leagues um and i've been to a few that are now affiliates that were in indie ball that were really nice like saint paul but this one takes the cake for sure yeah i saw um, the uh the pool out there like i, I can't wait to go see that chill in the <laughs> pool watch the boys play yeah it's that the pool's nice everything else i mean the the locker room's fantastic the training room's great the weight room's probably one of the better minor league weight rooms you're gonna find which is it's a huge plus yeah everything about it is so well done so did uh so, so did fran reared in uh like at the beginning of the season did he have to have, sit down with the team have a conversation about you guys are in vegas but like you know just make, make good choices uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that goes without saying, I mean, yeah. we're all adults make our own choices. Um, he's, he, no one's here to babysit us. Right, we're right. here to, to, to be smart for ourselves yeah. and, um, do the right thing and, and as best as you can. And, and then, uh, hopefully nothing negative comes out of it as long as you're doing the right things yeah. and making the right choices. But yeah, I mean, nice thing is we're, we're about 15, 20, probably, probably 20 minutes away from the strip. So it kind of takes away a little bit of the uh, enticement to go out and maybe get a little rowdy. And well, I mean, we're not driving around 120. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy because you hear stories about like um, athletes who go to Vegas and like things have happened. I mean, think of the Raiders. I'm, I'm a big Raiders fan. So I think of like our receiver who was doing basically that. Um, and, that and that makes sense. You know, obviously you can have fun. Right. But you got to be kind of cognizant of like what's what you're there for and what the purpose is and all that. It, exactly. And I mean, we're, we're here to. Well, yeah, we're here to have a great time and play baseball and enjoy it. And then, but we're also here to represent the yeah. Aviators as well as the Oakland A's. Awesome! And like you've been crushing it this season. I mean, three and two with the two three six ERA, point nine three WHIP. Uh, you just had a ten K night. Um, like, have you ever just had that moment where you sit back and think, like, 
I grinded in the indie ball. I grinded in the minors for a little bit. And now I'm just so close to the majors. And you're finally just like performing well. And you're just that much closer to finally reaching that goal of finally being a major leaguer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think every day the, the indie ball stuff is a part of me no matter what. I don't think that'll ever leave. Uh, I, I've, I've, I mean, even in college, I wasn't, I wasn't very good per se in, in all man, in all aspects. And I had to go to three different schools. So it's like, I, I've seen and done a lot of things and I've learned a lot about myself and have understood more and more as I've gone on and just a matter of continuing to pitch and hopefully get that opportunity. I mean, I'm just here to, to force the hand. I'm not a yeah. big money guy. I'm not a guy that's getting pushed along. I'm just, I'm here to be as good as I can. And hopefully get that opportunity. Yeah. And you mentioned that. I mean, sometimes you can do all that you can do and it's out of your hands, right? It's kind of hard. You just kind of got to put that, have that mindset of like, no matter what you do, it's, it's out of your hands. If they want to promote you, they promote you. It's, there's always that whole politics side of this, um, that you try not to focus too much on. You just got to keep grinding. Like you said, force their hand and you're doing a really good job of doing that. Um, but let's, let's talk about the beginning. So you obviously played in California, you grew up in the Bay area, uh, Santa Cruz area. Uh, yeah. I myself born in Oakland, raised in Richmond area. So like, I know all that area very well. Um, yeah. I was just in California, like three or four weeks ago, visiting my family out there. Um, nice. what was the baseball scene like in the Santa Cruz area? Um, I'd say the baseball was very competitive. We had, I mean, we had so many athletes and so many guys that were, were solid and went on to the next level. Um, and with just like anything, sometimes you lose the love for it or it is. And maybe they decide to, to hang up the spikes after a little bit. And I mean, that that's everyone's got their own path and how it works. Um, but I mean, I played with some great guys in general. I mean, I was in uh, I was on the hard key baseball, the hard key baseball summer team. And so I, I know I knew quite a few guys that were always really good. And I think a few of those guys kept going and one I know at least one still in uh, minor league baseball that I had played with, and he had made it to the, to the big leagues with the Reds at the time. Um, <clears throat> other than that, yeah, I mean, the, the, the baseball scene is, I mean, the sports scene in general is great. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of competitiveness, and there's not a couple, there's not as many private schools on that side of the hill either. So you kind of have to fight your way kind of like anything else and try and be better than all the other teams. Yeah, I've had guys on from like the Midwest. I've talked to guys from Canada where it snows like half the season. Um, and a lot of them play basketball during, you know, the winter, baseball during the summer um, or fall, whatever it is. Um, but California, it's beautiful like year round. So there's so much talent there that's just continuing like throughout the season. Um, were you pretty much only a baseball guy? Did you play other sports? Uh, my first sport was soccer. Okay. I, I played soccer for 12 years, roughly. Um, and then with baseball was my second sport, like back pretty much back to back for those two. And then I also played basketball, um, in junior high and, or, and like AYBA, just like the rec league, <clears throat> as well as I did like some flag football stuff. I never got into the football. I was always kind of geared towards soccer or baseball and mm -hmm. baseball ended up being the path I chose after uh, a while after all, well, basically once I got into high school, I had Oscar Slaughter's and. I actually tried I tried to make a the basketball team and I couldn't even make it through a two hour open gym and I was like, All right, it's time to just just stick to baseball since my knee my knee couldn't take it anymore. 
Wow, what what a what a rude awakening, you know, just to practice at two hours and you're like, all right, baseball yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't just once I once I couldn't make it through that. I'm like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. I need to be at least healthy for baseball because I, I more, my passion was always baseball. Yeah, I was talking to a guy not too long ago, and he was kind of in the same situation. And I said, so what ended basketball for you? He's like, well, like the first practice, I got dunked on, and I realized that like this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, all right, I'm I'm gonna stick straight to basketball or baseball. I'm not gonna do any any other sports here. Um, what what year was that? Like, was that like your? You said it was high school. Was that your freshman year? Yeah, it was my freshman year, which I believe was let's see, two thousand nine. Okay. Very cool. Maybe, so maybe fall away. Okay. Um, so when you stuck to baseball, like obviously um, you probably pitched and played the out, infield, outfield as a kid. Like uh, what was your yeah. favorite position? Like other than like, or was it always pitching? You kind of like knew like, that's where I was going to, that's what I was going to do kind of uh, moving forward. No, or you... I, I preferred first base. Okay. <clears throat> I love, I love first base. I loved working on my craft over there and people always take it as an easy position to play. Right. And that always kind of rubs me the wrong way just because there's so much more that goes into it um but i i i uh i loved i loved first base i mean pitching was always it was mm -hmm. always i was always i mean being left-handed i was forced to pitch basically and i loved i loved pitching and but first base was the the other primary position that i enjoyed and i mean i, I played every position on the field it's just pitcher is where when i went to college no one's recruited me as a first baseman. No one saw me because in summer ball, I was just a pitcher. Hmm. So that I just stuck to pitching and kind of went from there. Yeah, um, obviously. Um, so you you continue as a pitcher. Um, like how how good were you um, in like high school? Like were you just dominating in California in in the Santa Cruz Bay Area? Um, so my freshman year, because of Oscar Slaughter's, I only played a fair amount. I think I pitched roughly twenty something innings. I wasn't throwing too much. Uh, on the JV team just to I mean I was throwing a fair amount I didn't play as much but I was kind of uh just again trying to get the the knee to to where I wasn't in pain and mm -hmm. doing everything to get that sophomore year back to JV I threw well and not a problem at all um a couple varsity outings just as it was we had we had a bunch of good varsity guys and that's just how it works you kind of work your way up uh junior year I was really good I ended up winning the the SCCAL I think is what it is the the pitcher of the year that year okay. my junior year sure I, my stats that year were fantastic <laughs> um, and then my senior year I was I was pretty good but I was not nearly as good as I was my junior year so how was the recruiting process then I mean obviously you're pitching well um you get drafted by the White Sox um after your senior year but you decided to go to college uh, no, I got I got drafted after my uh, sophomore year of junior college. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, okay. It, yeah. I was reading that, and for some reason, I'm like, okay, uh, either because it because you went to three different colleges, so I was thinking maybe yeah. it was after high school. Okay, so that yeah, was after so, Arizona, Central Arizona. Yeah. So, so my like recruiting wise, I wasn't a heavy recruit. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I I threw probably anywhere eighty four to maybe touching ninety occasionally, um, but I was never a flamethrower and i think that kind of deterred people a little bit being to where that that flamethrower era was starting to pop mm -hmm. up again and everyone wanted velo 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 um that being said i threw really well in summer ball um my my coach um, terry hardkey he 
they all they were get they were fighting for me to get spots. Um, I ended up getting a couple scholarship offers. Uh, one was San Diego State for like half scholarship. Uh, one was St. Mary's for like forty percent. I think I had I think I had a I had an offer to Maryland, but it was as I was driving down to Central, and so okay. it was hard to take that. And as well as like University of Portland, so like those were the D one offers, and then I had a scholarship to go to Central Arizona, which was almost near like a full ride being that it's junior college. Mm-hmm. And so I opted, I opted for that. Plus being a freshman, I, I knew I would pitch a little more. And that I think in the end, that was the best decision. Yeah. And we, so you went to Juco uh, and we always hear the stories and I've heard crazy stories about the Juco life and how um, obviously there's like different rules uh, from like practice wise from Juco's as well as like, you know, D ones and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any funny like JUCO stories where you're like, man, that's only happens in a junior college? Uh, I'd say there's a fair amount of that. <laughs> for, um, I'm trying to think of random things that would happen and or that did happen. I don't know. It's been so long. I, there's not really there's not really much that I can really pull back on in regards to crazy JUCO stories, other than just i mean the 6 a.m running and we're running up a mountain and because <laughs> because it was easier to run up that because it took longer to get over there than it was to run on the track for an hour so 6 a.m uh, you're you're running up mountains in in central arizona yeah there's one yeah there's one peak that that was on campus and we would always choose that because it took longer to get over there so it, it in, in the end we were running less because of that and mm-hmm. and we we suffered more for sure but it was I'd say that was maybe some dumb decisions, but also maybe it was the right decision. Who yeah. Knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? You never know. Um, so all this, so you, so you get drafted after Central Arizona. Um, was there ever any thought of like actually going to the to pro ball right then, or like wh- what kept you kind of from going to? Oh, I think it was the White Sox who drafted you. Yeah, I got drafted by the White Sox. I'm pretty sure thirty fifth round. Um, I I wanted to sign. I I was requesting a fair amount of money for in my position uh, because I had leverage. I had school covered already. I was committed to go to old dominion. And so they were trying to get that, that, uh, that, that kind of money I was looking for in the range of what I was, I mean, I would have signed for anywhere close to a hundred. I mean, the goal is when you're a draft, you want to, you want to have as much money involved in right. your name to sure. where at, at least there's something invested in you. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I knew that and I was trying to get as much as I could. I, and I believe I did the right way, but they signed Carlos Rodon oh. for a, mil- a million over slot value. Okay. And with that, I got a call or I, I reached out to the scout and said, yeah, Hey, we're not, sorry, we're not signing any more guys. So I didn't even get a contract offer. Oh, yeah. so B- Carlos Rodon, because of that over, over, um, they signed him more than his slot. That way they couldn't, they didn't have anything for you. They didn't have wow. any extra money. Yeah. That is crazy how that all works out sometimes. Like, cause mm-hmm. the MB and in, in, in MLB draft is so different than every other draft. Just like with very, the whole slot. So. It's, it's crazy how like, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to get into and like, we don't have time to talk about that, but you always understand like the whole dynamics of it is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. especially like the last year with, or two years ago with COVID, like it was only five rounds. I talked to a couple guys who drafted that year. Like it was the most randomest like draft ever. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's very strange how they did the, the five round drafts and draft yeah. and hopefully, I mean, I think 20 is fine. I think 30 would be a little better. Mm-hmm. Gr- granted it's better for guys in the, in the organizations yeah. that are already 
because they don't have to worry about as many cuts. That's true. That. that is true. Good point there. Um, so after um, Old Dominion, um, you played several years in indie ball. Um, at one point, you played in Santa Rafael, which I had no idea how to team. Like I grew up mm-hmm. in like 20 minutes from San Rafael, and I had no idea they even had a baseball team. Like, what was that vibe like? Well, so after Old Dominion, I actually went because I went to Cal State Monterey Bay for my senior year. Oh wow, okay. That so that was my senior year because junior year was Old Dominion, and okay. I didn't pitch well and as well as I would have liked there. And so then I, I got my scholarship pulled, and I went to uh, Cal State Monterey Bay for my senior year. And then so yeah, so in six after sixteen, I thought I'd get drafted. I didn't get drafted. I, I pitched well enough, but not it was nothing spectacular mm-hmm. to uh, to get my name out or to get picked up. And so then I pitched in summer ball, like I called summer ball again to kind of give myself another opportunity, maybe to get a, a undrafted uh, signing. Mm-hmm. And I got to work out with the Dodgers. Ended up not getting signed. So then the following summer, I went to indie ball. Uh, my first my first uh, year, and I was on four different teams. You you're on four different teams within that same league, or like four in, different leagues, in four different leagues. In, oh wow! In uh, 2017, I was I was started in the United Shores Professional League, uh, which is in Utica, Michigan, and I got signed there via one of my teammates from high school. He was on the team, and he got me a spring training invite, basically to that team. And I was there for one month. I did. I was put in the bullpen as a lefty specialist. I mean, we only played like three games a week, so they only need or two games a week, so they only needed like two starters in reality. And I didn't get the lefties out how they wanted, I guess. And so then I got released after uh, an outing, and mm-hmm. then I I came home and I signed with the uh, the Monterey Amberjacks in the Pecos League. I was and then I was with them for four weeks. I got moved up to their travel team in the American Association, okay. which they were filling for the. The, the travel team was filling in for the uh, Laredo team that had folded that year prior. And so I was on that team for five weeks. And then I got, uh, I pitched well for a couple starts. Next three starts were not so hot. Got released after a oh. uh, 15-hour bus ride at 3 a.m. So you went on the 15-hour bus ride. You get off and they're like, by the way, we release you? Yeah, exactly. Jeez. At the hotel. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. so then I, uh, I got a flight. Seven hours later, and flew out, threw out, flew out to San Francisco. Got picked up by my dad, and then I got a call from San Rafael, the Pacifics, and the Pacific Association, and they they uh, signed me for the last two and a half weeks of the season, and I made a couple starts there. How how is the uh, playing in San Rafael? Because like I said, I had no idea they had a state a, a team there. Um, I live I lived in Richmond, so like literally, like yeah. I was three minute, four or five minutes from the bridge to get there. Yeah, I think that. That team's been there. I can't remember how long it's been there. Did, did they get pretty uh, good crowds in San Rafael? They had a very good supporting cast from from uh, from from people from San Rafael and like the Novato area yep. and everything. Um, I I know. I mean, we had a really good host family commu- uh, community there. I think every player had a host family, which was huge. Uh, the fans were great. The travel wasn't terrible because we drive an hour at max, like or hour and a half at max, like Sonoma or Vallejo or Pittsburgh and Martinez. Yeah, um, I had no idea Vallejo had a team either. Like these are all cities that obviously I grew up going to. Like it's incredible. Like I had no idea this league even exi- existed. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was not a, a well known league. I'd say the last 
three years of when that was a, a league was when it was really solid, um, which was, let's see, I was there eight, I'd say 17, 18 and 19. It was, it was pretty solid. And then I know after, maybe it was after 18, they sold the team uh, to Dunn, Andrew Dunn of the, he owns the, he's the one that runs the Pecos league. And now it's a Pecos league team. Oh, okay. And yeah. so the Pacific, because the Pacific Association, I'm pretty sure, is disbanded now. Okay. Okay. Um. So then you you obviously play a couple years in any ball. You get you eventually get signed by Oakland. But um, like honestly, like at, at, was there any point where you're thinking to yourself like maybe like like how do you keep yourself motivated? I guess like uh on that side, like the mental side, where you're like, okay, I'm doing everything I can do. Like maybe like yeah, affiliated ball it just won't be my thing. Well. Yeah, so like seven, 2017, my first year, I was not like very – I was good, and then I was okay, and then I was like average, I'd say, by the end. I was I was learning a lot about myself and my mentality and kind of things. And uh, at the end of that year, I kind of was like, all right, well, if I, I'm going to play another year. Let's see what happens, and I'm just going to go out. And I changed my whole mentality to basically just saying, fuck it. And I'm going to go out and enjoy my time here because yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it'll be my last time. And I, I, I thought about it. I was, I, I started doing stuff like for police Academy and I, t- I took all the tests, passed all the tests, all that stuff. And in, in Fell or where? Uh, in, I just, I was looking in various areas. Um, it wasn't nothing specifically, uh, located in the area. I was just, I was just deciding to, I might as well start looking at an option to see where I can be and if there's something else I need and, or like kind of if I decide to hang it up whenever it is. And I had a really good year in 18. And so I I think that kind of kept me going. And so then I realized I I was starting to find myself a little more. And in between 18 and 19, my, my coach, he hooked me up with my trainer, uh, Matt Rosignol and uh, Rosie's training at Scotts Valley, which was, 20 minutes from my home so with that i kind of had a newfound uh way to improve myself because mm-hmm. I, I was never a big gym guy uh, i mean i i in between 17 and 18 i i stepped up my game a little bit but i didn't really know i didn't have any specific training and so from there on uh he he kind of added a little extra to my my body in general just with teaching myself my brain and mentality and everything like just everything that comes with going to the gym 24 seven and eating and doing the right things I need to do. And so that, that kind of helped push me along to, to where, I, to where I'm well at now. Yeah. So how did the whole, um, the, obviously you got signed with Oakland. How did that come about? Were there any other teams interested in you or, um, do they just kind of reach out to you? Like, Hey, like we were interested, we got a spot for you. Um, so after my 19th season, I had a really good year. Um, I got, or prior to the end of the season, I got signed. I was looking to go to like Australia or New Zealand. Well, mainly Australia. It was what I was originally looking at. And one of my teammates got, was talking to my, my Australia or the, the Auckland Tuatara, the New Zealand team of the ABL. But he also had offers from the Melbourne, uh, the Melbourne uh, Aces, if I'm correct. I think so. In, uh, it sounds right. In uh, Australia. And he decided to go to Melbourne and I got the offer or I, I get the number from him and told him to tell the pitching coach to call me for New Zealand for the Tuatara. And he, 
So then I got, he had called me, DJ Carrasco, he was the pitching coach, and he called me, and that's how I got signed to the Auckland Tuatara, and he, he was affiliated at the time with the Dodgers, just like as a outside scout. I don't think he was actually with them. And then my manager, Steve Mintz, was he's with the Rangers, and Darren Bragg, who at the time was with the Reds. So I had all those guys that I think would have signed would have been able to get me signed into any of those organizations. Mm -hmm. But the A's called week two or the, the Australian scout Damatrine. He called week after week two saying, Hey, I really like you. I'm putting your name and I'm hoping we can get you signed. And then he called back two, three, two, three days later saying, Hey, sorry, they don't have room for you. Um, so we can't really sign you. Sorry. Like, that's fine. No, no worries. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And then I, uh, I pitched again that, that Friday for the third week. And then they called back the next day and said, Hey, we're going to sign you. And so they, they made, they made room for me. And then from there, uh, it took the, the process cause they had to buy my contract from the crushers, the Lake Erie crushers in it from 19. And after that, it kind of, it, it, I think by the sixth week is when I got sent home and, uh, I was in Oakland a at the time. It's awesome. Like, and yeah. I, I love hearing stories like that. Cause he talked, I've talked to guys who drafted as high as second round or third round, fifth round. And then I've also talked to guys who I've talked to several guys who've been indie ball mm -hmm. signed and now they're affiliated baseball. Um, and mm -hmm. they're doing great. Obviously these stories are incredible. Like the, the, uh, the fact, the determination, I guess, that you've had to be able to go through, you know, three colleges, through a couple different teams, yeah. possibly Australia, and then now you're you're you know in the minor leagues and you're in AAA. Um, so I I love to talk to guys who are in the minors, especially the stories that uh, they go through, because obviously uh, the we fans I always say this fans see the major leagues, they see that final pr product. But they don't see like everything it takes to get to the majors, right? The grind, the travel, yeah. the crappy hotels, um, the long bus rides. Um, do you have any like funny minor league stories um, that you've experienced, whether it's in Double A or Triple A? Obviously, Triple A is a little bit nicer. Um, you got you got to admit you got lucky. You got to skip Low A and High A, and um, but obviously, you know, you still have these experiences in the minors. Do you have any interesting like minor league stories where? Um, that can only happen in the minors. I mean, in reality, I didn't skip low A or high. That is true. I, was, I, 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 I don't know. Doing, that is true. I was doing the indie ball route. That is true. Is, I, I shouldn't I, have said that. You're you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's all relative. And in 19, we had the long bus ride. Same with each. Same with uh, last year. That is true. We still the long bus rides. Um, I'd say, I'd say the some of the funniest things are just the bus rides you yeah. get, there's so much entertainment that can be had that that always can't be repeated because mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a team thing. And the, the, I mean, the, the, I think the camaraderie is what is more enjoyable with all of that. You get, you get guys playing cards, you get guys doing, doing everything just to have a good time and, and make it cause everyone's in the same boat. We're all, yeah. we're all on that, that bus ride. Um, other, otherwise let's see. Let me see if I can pull out some stories that I can think of. Yeah, like I, last time I, I had a guy said that they were on like a 14, 15 hour bus ride. The bus breaks down. They go like a mile. The bus breaks down again, like and the bus just can't be fixed. So like their coach's bus also broke down. That same exact travel, same exact day. 
So the, they all had to fit in one bus, you know, and they're riding the whole way. Like the manager standing up five, six hours straight because they can't, they don't even have places to sit down. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's see. Uh, nine, uh, yeah, nineteen. One of our pitchers. He was he was our best pitcher at the time, and I mean for consistently most of the year too. He, he was probably he and I were the two best pitchers on that team and in the league, and he. He couldn't get a win, so he decided he he took the uh, the royal shower with every full on uniform. Uh, he's like, I need to do something to change it up and to try and get some wins because he yeah. was throwing his ass off and not getting not getting anything out of it. Um, that was always entertaining to see and did it work and watch and be a part of. Uh, for the most part, yeah, I'd say there it worked. Go. He got he got some wins down later <laughs> on a little more. And... Worth it, exactly. Um, the 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 in 19 the one of the the stadiums the visitors locker room i mean always i mean the visitor locker rooms are never anything oh no terrible thing spectacular (laughs) but we had uh i think this was river city it was the year they won it i think it was 19 yeah after that they they team decided uh i think they sold the team and maybe left the league or just completely ended it and but the, the visitor locker, we had one prison shower with like four nozzles uh, in the locker room, and and that was our shower, and it would uh-huh. flood and everything. Wow. And we were we, <laughs> you know, you get That's, one prison shower, and yeah. you, everyone's got to get in before before we got to go. So it, it takes a long time and adds adds to the uh, the likeness of of indie ball. Yeah. Uh, what is yeah. the what is the, like the most random city you've been to um, where you get off the bus you're looking around and you're like where am I there's like a subway and like a Dollar General. Ah, <laughs> uh, see random. Because like I mean even in the minors maybe may, or actually you played in Midland like what is Midland like I've I've visited there like my uh, my in laws used to live out there uh-huh. um, and it's just it's hot like it's middle of nowhere it's, like what what was it, it like playing out there? For me, it's I. I like that uh, kind of not maybe not necessarily the, the heat as mm-hmm. much as, as anything, but I like that it was more desert like versus humid, humid, humid Oh, yeah, absolutely. The rest of Texas is humid as can be. And I, I didn't mind Midland by any means. Uh, sure, there's not a lot to do, mm-hmm. but granted, we were playing with COVID protocols last year anyway, so we couldn't really do much in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed it. The people are great. Um they yeah the people are awesome we had some solid fans we didn't necessarily get the best crowds but we had those loyal fans that were there and they they would talk to you and and you'd get to know them which was awesome um now that is midland yeah you're in the middle of nowhere (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you got midland and odessa and everything else is part-time people that come in for working on the oil rigs yeah and that's yeah, yeah, it's it's Midland. I mean, there's <laughs> it, it's nothing fancy by any means, and you you kind of just you just roll with it. Other other places, I'd say, would be uh, Washington, Pennsylvania. There's not there's not much there. Okay, uh, was that with Indie Ball or uh, AA? Yeah, yeah, that was Indie Ball okay. Frontier League. That was where we went. Yeah, that I'd say. I'd say Washington was the the most kind of out there spot that mm-hmm. we kind of went, but was still. I mean, you're still in a town, yeah. and they they get good crowds, so like nothing. It's just 
we got put up in a i think it was a motel or no it was a red roof inn so it's not nothing fancy and yeah. you, you know you just get your sleep call it good yeah and you're you're lucky because like i've i've heard guys who talk in indie ball too like where they don't even have the reservation they go there like oh yeah we didn't reserve your spot so here's one room for like or two rooms for everybody he ends up going to sleep at a a cracker barrel. Like, oh, <laughs> he's like, Hey, can I, I put my head down and take a nap? And he said, yeah, he woke up at lunchtime. <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of times we had to wait probably an hour or two or three after a long bus ride to get our, our rooms because they weren't ready and they, Jeez. they hadn't, they, they forgot about it or something. And that's, yeah, that's always one of the worst things when it comes to travel is yeah. you're because it's none of us. We're relying on someone else and another exactly. company to, to maintain that. Exactly. And you mentioned like interaction with fans. Um, have you had any um, interesting, like, uh, I always, I, lo- I love this question. Like, have you ever had any interesting fans, uh, fan interactions? Cause I've, I said, I talked to guys who've had fans ask them to sign their foreheads and they had uh, one fa- one guy said uh, that uh, a fan on his birthday, they built him like a tin can replica of him with the, <sighs> with the, with the hat from like the ice cream scoops. And they put it on his wow. hand. And they gave it to him for his birthday, like <laughs> the most random thing. So it's like minor league stadiums, like you mentioned, like a lot of them are just like these small towns. Uh, the fans yeah. are pretty much right on you. Like you can hear everything, and especially when there's not very many in the stands. Yeah, um, the, I, I think the most common one is always having like kids. They want me to sign their shoes, or <laughs> so they don't have anything else. So they yeah. take off their shoe and they hand me, and they want me to sign their shoe. That's I'm like, awesome. are you guys? Are you guys sure? Like. It's gonna be Are on your there. Parents okay? <laughs> yeah. Or then they'll have like some kids. Like I'll have some kids ask me like sign their foreheads. I'm like, I'm kids. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not signing your forehead. Maybe your arm's fine. Okay, but I, I'm not gonna be the one to sign the forehead. Yeah. Like that's just that's not needed. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. So much. My brain's been through so much with all yeah. this. I'm trying to. I always had one dude. uh and he was a great guy, a big barbecuer in oh, San nice. Rafael. And he he would always uh, just tell me how much he loved my walkout song like every it? day. Uh, it's Loud and Heavy by Cody Jenks. Okay. And so that's that's my, I mean, that's still my walkout. It's been that way for five years now. Yeah. Um, but he, he, he would always tell me it's the best walkout in the league. And, and he's a big country dude. And so like that, that kind of resonated. And he was, he's a great dude. And, I talk to him here and there, which is always nice. And and then I'd say in Midland, there's a couple, a couple of the fans that I I got because they were friends with our host family there that I I still get to talk to mm-hmm. and constantly. And I'd say it's more just the the not crazy things, just they're the good people that yeah, that more sh- pleasant sh- interactions that show themselves. Yeah, and I know and I know last year they they'd go crazy for a couple of our jerseys and. I think one of mine sold for like six hundred dollars. I'm like, that's insane. Wait, wait, that's where? Where? In Midland. Like who? Who was selling it? Uh, the team. Oh, it was like an auction. Yeah, yeah, okay. like one of the the one of the special jerseys. I think it was a military one. Okay. Military night, and so that yeah, we get the crazy. I mean, when when you when I see some jerseys going for that expensive, I'm like why it's yeah. my name it's my name what about like, the card guys the guys with the book of cards and they're like yeah no 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 this is for me or for, or for my kid but they got like 30 yeah. <laughs> yes the, those are always entertaining i've had i think i've had one person send me a card from midland because that's the only card i really have is the midland ones um and so i, I signed that this year from 
some whoever had sent it. And then I, it's funny is one of my teammates, Parker, he and I look very similar. We're both pale and Dunchy? tall and or... no, uh, Markel. Okay. We're both pale and white and tall. And, um, and I, the amount of times I've been asked Parker, I go, no, nope, sorry. <laughs> nope. And he's been in the big league. So, you know, they want his autograph yeah, oh, because, yeah. because there's some value to that. And I'm just like, Nope. I told him one day I'm just going to say, yeah, sure. And I'll sign it left-handed and just make it completely wrong. Sure. Just to <laughs> see, see what, see what that goes for. If he can match your $600 Jersey. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> wow. So let's, let's, before we get off here, uh, let's talk about um, Oakland or Las Vegas. Obviously they have a good team there. The boys are buzzing. Um, a lot of good talent in the, in the A's system. Obviously they've had a couple of major trades recently. Um, yeah. like looking at like Las Vegas, like who was like the glue guy in the locker room there? The guy who kind of keeps everything loose for the boys. Uh, let's see guys. That keep like who, who, loose. who, who was like the DJ who controls the music? Uh, it's Austin Allen now. Okay. It was buddy Reed. He, he recently got released, which it sucks, mm-hmm. but it happened I mean, again. It's baseball. You can't, we can't control that. And so now it seems like it's Austin Allen. Who's the, the big DJ guy. Um, and then I would say Brian Howard, he's pretty, he's, he's one of the funnier dudes on the team and one of the quick witted guys that'll, he, he can be very entertaining and it's, he's, he's a great dude. So it's fun. Nice. And like I said, you're, you're, you're so close to the majors. I'm hoping you make your major, major league debut, uh, this season, especially after you, everything you've gone through, like the grind and all that. Um, i I'm obviously a big A's fan. Like I grew up, uh, my dad was season ticket holders, like our family was season ticket holders. So um, I'm in Wisconsin now, so I cheer for the Brewers or my NL team. But, like, Oakland's always going to be my number one team. Um, obviously, I'm not going to drive to California or fly to California. But, dude, if, if you're yeah. out here, I'm looking at the – you know, you obviously guys come to White Chicago. You come to play the White Sox. You guys play yeah. the Twins. Those are I've driven to both of those stadiums several times to watch the guys play. Um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm circling these dates on my calendar. So, like, when you're making your Major League debut – I got to know, and I'm hoping it's sometime, you know, when you're playing one of those two teams so that I can drive there, see you play in person, you know, kind of, kind of meet yeah. you in person, and actually get a face-to-face conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm the, I'm the person that, that, that would love for that to happen now. Uh, just like anything, it's, it is what it is. I can't control it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to do everything in my power from my side of things to, to make it happen. And then if it happens, great. If it doesn't, then hopefully next year. Um, I mean, I might, yeah, I, I, no, I, I get, get it. I, I, no, I understand exactly what you're, what you're saying. I mean, not personally, but I, I understand what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. and like, we're hoping you get to that level. Like I said, I'm hoping it's, uh, you make your debut. I'm hoping I can see you pitch here live in, in the Midwest, whenever you guys make your way down here, um, before we hop off, like tell us more about you. Like I, I was looking at your Instagram or something. You're a hunter. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. like you're gonna have to show me how how to hunt one day. Like I'm in the Midwest <laughs> now. People like like people assume I'm from California. You probably get this question all the time. Like, do you surf? Like, are you a surfer? No, no, surfing, I'm not either. <laughs> but I get that question uh, all the time since I'm from the, there and I live in the Midwest now. Yeah, water's too cold for me. Um, I don't. I don't, I'm not, I don't do cold water very well. Maybe lakes sometimes if I got to jump in immediately, yeah. but I'm not a surfer. I've actually been, I was a, I'd say I was a shooter before I was a hunter. I, I just grew up around guns and, um, and I've always loved being outdoors, being in the mountains. That's mm-hmm. kind of my, that's my like decompression area. So yeah. I can be in the mountains then I'm a little more free and kind of stress-free. Uh, I got into hunting as at a young age because of my dad. 
and uh, one of his friends who was basically basically an uncle to me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I had a property to go up to outside of Red Bluff and still do, uh, thankfully. So that, that's been, that's been, yeah, I, I'm a big hunter and big outdoorsy person. I like taking photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've expanded into cameras and filming and trying to broaden my, my mm-hmm. creative side a little bit since I've always been a little messed up on the opposite side of the head, I guess. So <laughs> no, um, I mean, like, like I said, people ask me all the time, do I hunt and I'm, or do I, or do I, am I a surfer? Cause I'm in the, uh, yeah. Like from California, but now like all my family in California and all my friends in California, they're assuming Are I'm hunting. I'm a hunter, like big country guy, because they, they think of like the little house on the prairie. When I think of, when yeah. I tell them I live in Wisconsin, uh, so I'm gonna have to have you like you know show me a couple things next time. You know once once the <laughs> off season is, you know show me my way around a couple of hunting guns so that uh, we can go hunting sometime and you can have, show me the ropes. I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to help with that. Yeah, I just I actually did my first whitetail hunt last year. I was just filming for my uh, buddies. Uh, my buddy Brett Graves and full count, full draw. I was, was that the he, video he, that was on YouTube? Yeah. He's oh, on I YouTube. Saw it, yeah. And so he, he brought me out to fil- help film for his stuff. And so I got to sit in the tree stand, which I had never done because Western hunting is completely different than whitetail mm. hunting. So it that was a, that was a great learning experience and continue baseball has brought me some great dudes. He was one that I was with last year and I got to learn a lot from him and, and continue to learn with him with, uh, even hunting and all that stuff that I, I'm always getting put in. And I'm just, it's, it's something that where I think you can, uh, where you can constantly learn something. So mm-hmm. I think that's what intrigues me is there's yeah. always something you can do to learn it and be better at it. Are you pretty much only bow uh, or gun uh, rifle hunting or do you do bow hunting as well? I, I've been a rifle hunter, uh, main, mo- mostly entirely. Oh, okay. Um, my, my buddies are, many many people actually in general are trying to get me to to be a bow hunter and i <laughs> i don't i don't wanna I, yeah. I like the rifles more i think it's just how i've grown up and what i've enjoyed more yeah and i'm not yeah I, to me i think it's I, and as long as you make the right shot i think it's a little more of a clean kill versus mm. um with than with a bow but don't get me wrong like nothing is perfect with any situation yeah. so it, it is what it is and yeah it's it's just will i get an archery yeah I, i'm sure i will but at this moment in time i'm still gonna stick with the rifles i actually went to like a like a, a group on me and my wife when we were first got married like our first year this is right after like um like the hunger games came out right so like we're like uh-huh. i'm gonna i'm gonna go look on groupon and find out a bow on or a bow shooting so we go to groupon yeah and somewhere in the bay area can't think of where it's at uh some it might have been like it might have been san francisco or something like we went to this like indoor archery range and they gave us lessons and stuff i was so bad like i like i would never be able to hit anything especially if it's running flying moving like i would be the first one like if we were in the jungle like i'd be like he's the one i'll be the one who's done first like they're like yeah he's not gonna last <laughs> that's funny yeah when i was a little one i i had done a little bit of archery um when i was visiting my grandparents i think in uh i believe this was in new york i i got to to do some stuff and i was pretty good at it I, i'm sure i would be decent with it but like anything it's practice and and then time and and money just like yeah. anything else in the world yeah, no, for sure. That's that. It, it, someday, someday we'll be out there hunting. You and I just chilling in the uh, the deer stands. You know what I'm saying? But, yes, yes. <laughs> um, that would but be hey, awesome. But Jared, hey, I want to thank you for coming on. I know you guys are about to go uh, 
travel to uh to Reno face the uh mm-hmm. the Reno Ace no what are they Reno yeah Reno Aces. Reno Aces um so good luck with that thanks for coming on I appreciate it we'll have to keep in touch um hopefully once you make it to the show we'll get you back on even before then um and we'll see what happens but I do wish you all the best man yeah definitely thanks for having me uh you know it's always nice to share my story yeah and uh, and you know always trying to build the game and promote it from a different perspective for sure for sure all right man well hey cool. safe travels well, thank you. Appreciate it. And then, uh, yeah, let me know if you, if you need any pointers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.